We are starting from five lines down. The Mishnah mentioned that women are included in the halachas of damages. So it says the Gemara, where do we see that women uh, are included here? So the Gemara says, This is really a general rule in all Torah. Whenever a man or a woman will commit any sin, the Torah here is giving us a big like a, a, a cloud you can put in your pocket. And whenever there are unchin Torah, punishments in the Torah, not mitzvahs, which are complicated rules. Just a rule, don't do this. If you do this, you get punished. Whenever the Torah gives something like that, then men and women are equal. So therefore, in the laws of damages, where don't damage someone else, and if you damage, there's liability, then the general rule of the Torah is that you're going to be, um, the women. we should assume women are obligated as well. The brides are from Rav Lazar Yeshiva has a different passage. So this beginning of Pashas Mishpatim. So Lifnehem, Rashi says, and this is just to clarify, all of Baba Kama is in Parshish Mishpatim, right? So everything that follows really comes from here. So these are the things that Shatazim Lifnehem, in front of them, we say it comes to include women. So this is more specific on Dinim. The first, the first possibility that the Gemara was bringing was more general about sin and punishment. The second one that we're talking about is more specific to law, to monetary laws like Parshish Mishpatim. A third source. So here in this concept, we're talking about very getting more detailed. The ox is killing here a man or a woman. Mood ox, and the Torah is saying that the owner has to pay. So here, the fact that it mentioned a woman in this scenario, in other words, the liability for killing a person is the same. It doesn't make a difference if the victim is a man or a woman. So now, um, we're saying that in that particular scenario, it's kofar for killing when his ox kills a woman. Um, but we assume it's 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 pretty much like a general idea that it's the same for all damages. So now the Gemara says, why do I need all these sources, right? It's pretty much saying the same thing. One is the general, general. One is specific. And the third one was the particular case where she was the victim. So the Gemara says, I need all three. If I only said the first part, maybe only there, the Torah had compassion on her. In order that she could get atonement. Meaning the Pasuk there in context is talking about a person sins and they're able to bring a carbon asham. There, it's almost like an advantage. It's a privilege to be able to bring a carbon. You sin, you want to be able to do, to do such a thing. So there, the Torah is makel, the Torah is compassionate on a woman as well, that she's able to get atonement. Avodin, in the case of monetary laws, I would say, man, wait, you know what, maybe the whole mishpatim doesn't apply to women, because ish, devar masa, matan, in, ishalo. Men, they're normally, you know, they're, they're engaged in business and, and arguing for themselves and being assertive in court, so on and so forth. So there, maybe the laws apply to them. But women, they're not usually doing these sort of activities that come up and therefore, you almost read Parshas Babakama and you say, is this really referring to, is this really referring to women? So I would say they're not a shot to the laws. If I only told you the case of monetary laws, I would say, said she has to have a way of sustenance. Meaning if she didn't have the same regulations, then who, who, who would do any business with her, right? Imagine you give a shomer, you know, you're trying to, you, get, you deposit something by a woman, uh, you let her borrow it or something, and like she's potter, she, she has something happened. Like, it would, it would mess up the, the normal way of the world. And that, again, as, as much as Parshish Babakama is the Torah, it's a Torah giving us guidelines about, you know, structure of life and basic economy, so on and so forth. So I would say, yes, women are included in, in the laws of Mishpatim, but that's in order that there should be a sustenance in life. But if I, in regards to atonement, maybe a man who has a wider range of mitzvahs, he's the one who needs to get atonement and bring the carbon when he sins. Whereas a woman who's not subject to the full gamut of mitzvahs, so then maybe she's not included in, in bringing carbonos. If I only had these two, these two means atonements and monetary laws. I would say they're included in carbonos because they need atonement and they're included, and they're included in, um, 
Pavakamba because of their need for life. When it comes to killing, meaning an ox that kills a person, I would say maybe the chiv is only if an ox kills a man. Maybe only in the case of a man who's subject to the full gamut of mitzvahs there. It, it, when, when, when the victim is a man, so then there's kofar, which is paid. Because Rashi explains that that's the vart. The site of the sadness of death is that it prevents a person from being able to do mitzvah. So as Isha lo, in the case of woman, he may not have to do so. This is one of the most interesting mitzvah, interesting avaminas in the Gemara. We see this a few times, I mentioned this, we've learned in our travels throughout Tafyomi, that the, there's preservation of life. We know that the preservation of life is so high, right? The highest thing, so on and so forth. Preservation of life. We treat death really, really bad. But why? What's behind it? So it seems like from a few sources, and this is one of them, that the real Yisrael of Chaim is the ability to do mitzvahs. That's, that, that's the chashivas of life, is the fact that one is able to do mitzvahs. And that's the pshat here in the Gemara's Habim, you know. Why would I say, it's not just objectively a man's life is worth more than a woman's life. That's not the Yisrael. The Yisrael is, is that what a man is able to do with his life is more chashiv than what the woman is able to do because the man has so many more opportunities for mitzvahs than a woman does. So I would say that the koifer, which is the payment paid for the lack of life, maybe that's only for a man, not for a woman. Okay. The Yashmin and Kofar, the Torah told us that only in the case of Kofar, we should be even a Shama. Well, my said there's a loss of life. So, okay, I'm going to talk to Lake even a Shama, but in turn to atonement, monetary loss, there's no loss of life. In Malo, maybe women are not treated like men. Therefore, all the three are, are necessary. And after all is said and done, basically, you walk out with the rule. Women are the same as men. There is equality. There's one area of the Torah where it's not equal, and that's in regard to how many mitzvahs they do. But otherwise, you assume it is equal. All right, now we get to start a new sugya. Very gishmaka sugya about the Yisoydis of Karen. And again, we're a little bit ahead of ourselves. We haven't seen so much about Karen yet in the Masechah. We just know Karen is when it's intending to damage and when it's unusual activity. And the Torah says, if it's Tom, you pay half Nesek. Like, that's all we know about it. But now it's going to come up because the Mishnah mentioned Hanizik v'hamazik b'tashlumen. That when the payment happens, it's like both people are paying. The Nizik and the Mazik. So obviously that needs explanation because the Nizik's not paying, right? The Mazik pays. So what does it mean that the Nizik is included in the Tashlumen? So the Gemara says, it's my Palga Nizka. What's the nature of the half payment for Karen? Our Papa says it's Mamon. It's Kanas. Now, let's just understand. Mamon means, um, monetary payment means like it's deserved, it's owed. It's, it's commensurate with the damage. Whereas Rafuna is saying that it's Kanas. It's actually, no, it's beyond liability. It's just like a new fine, a new penalty that the Torah imposes. So the Gemara gets into it. Ordinary oxen are not in a state of being guarded in regard to Karen, meaning even though it's somewhat unusual for it to happen, you wouldn't say it's a tendency to gore or to bite, but even if it's not a tendency, you can't say that ox is considered guarded against those activities. That's such a subtlety here in the lumbus. Just because it happens less unstatistically doesn't mean it's in a state of guarded against it. Therefore, since it's not guarded against it, so when it happened, the owner really should be paying for all the damage. Why not? He was supposed to guard from even Karen happening, and he didn't guard. It's just that the Torah had pity on him by reducing that chi of an half, because Lamaisa says ox hadn't yet been, been worn, so therefore it wasn't yet a muad. So in other words, the half that you're paying is mum. It's a chedesh, you don't pay everything, but the half that you are paying certainly is commensurate. It's, it, it makes sense that you should have to pay that. So therefore, the nature of that is mum. The opposite. Usually, oxen are considered in a guarded state, meaning it's such bizarre, unusual activity that we say that the ox is naturally guarded against doing those things. So therefore, there's no liability, really, to make her cloud When unusual activity occurs, like biting, so the owner shouldn't have to pay at all. Why do you pay at all? The Torah made a penalty. So we want him to guard his ox more carefully. So in other words, we want him to be even more careful than, than, than what he really should be 
should should be liable for. So therefore, it's just a penalty. It's not meikra din. So now, what's the difference between them? The basic difference is That's going to be the main difference. If a person admits himself to a knas, you don't pay. If you admit to something that's mammon, you have to pay. That's going to be the main difference here. So the Gemara analyzes That's what our Mishnah said. That the payment is coming from both the nizik and the mazik. So as we said, it really makes no sense. What do you mean? The nizik's not paying. The nizik is collecting. The answer is, If you say that the palganizka is mama, then that makes sense. Because really, he should be receiving all of it. And it's as if he's paying. It's as if he's foregoing his right on half. Because really, he should be paying. He should be paid with all of it, and he's only receiving half of it. If you say it's a knas, what, what sense is the nizik involved in the payment? If he's taking what's not his by right, what's just a knas? Could you say that he's involved in the payment? He's not involved in the payment in the slightest, right? He's just taking what he shouldn't even be getting at all. So, in what sense are we are we saying that the mazik is, in, is, is the nizik is included in the tashlumin? Says the Gemara. We're talking about the pachasal and avela, the depreciation of the carcass. Remember that halacha we learned last week that. We don't say that the ne- that the, the, the nezek is assessed as being the full value of the animal, and then and then he just the the, the mazik pays that, and then and he keeps the carcass. Rather, we say the value is the depreciation between the live animal and the carcass. The carcass is automatically the nizek. And why does that make such a huge difference? Because what happens if by the time the carcass is brought up to the court, it's already gone down in value since the time of the damage? We say that loss is absorbed by the nizek. Because the mazik's damage is the only difference between what it was alive and what, it, what, what he did to the carcass at the time of the damage. Any future things, that's the responsibility of the nizuk. The nizuk is like his automatic payment to him, just what the carcass is. So that's what it means that the nizuk is included in the tashlumen, meaning that he has to pay for it somewhat. The Torah gave him the nevela, and yet if it goes down, tough luck on you. We don't need the mission to say this now. Can't be referring to that because it already said tashlumen nizuk, So we learned that last week, right? Why do I need that again? Mishnah is telling us that the halacha of, of, of that the nevela is automatically the nizaks, and that any depreciation is, is, is a loss is a loss that he absorbs is true for her tam and is true for her mood. If it was only for her tam, I would say it applies there. The animal had not yet been been uh, been worn, so therefore it makes sense that we should be more makel on the mazik, and we say the nizak automatically just keeps the carcass, and even if it goes down, it's his loss. Of a mood, if it was. A gourd one where it's more responsibility on the on the mazakimolo, I wouldn't say it. There he's paying full damages. If she's paying full damages, I should say, okay, at least the carcass should be shouldn't be part of it. But if it's Tom and he's only paying half, so I say, listen, you're only paying half. So maybe pay pay half of the total damages and, and, and don't just say to the Nizak, oh the carcass is yours. Therefore it's necessary in both cases. Alright, so no proof from that line in the mission. So we get back again, we're talking about Alga Nizko, the Mishnah says, what's the difference between a tam and a tam, asham, chasin, asam, a tam pays half nezek migufa from the body of the animal. Not he only pays uh, the liability is confined to the value that of the of the animal that did the hezek, and it's only half. The muad pays the full damages from any property that he has, right? even if it exceeds the value of the ox that court. If it's true that the payment of half pound damages is a penalty, then why wasn't it listed? It should, it should, link, it should state that distinction. Tom, you're not going to pay on the basis of your own admission. You would pay on the basis of your own admission. From the fact that it didn't say that, what does it sound like? Tom, also, you would pay based on your own admission because it's mamonaknas. Says the Gemara, Tanavashire. No, not a proof. The Tana may have listed things and also left out some of the things that he could have listed. Says the Gemara, my Shire to high Shire. What else did he omit that we could say he left out this as well? Shire Chetzi Kofar. He left out the halacha of paying half Kofar. 
So let's try to understand this. Torah says when an ox kills a person, you pay kofar, you pay the value of the victim. What about a tam? So tam normally plays half damages. So is there a half kofar? Half the value of the victim? So it's a dispute later on, but the Gemara is assuming the answer is no. Kofar is something you need to a muad. When you don't stop shot when you're a tam, you pay half kofar, you don't pay anything at all. So that's the difference between tam and muad. Besides for the fact you only pay half and you pay full, there's another difference. Muad, you pay kofar. Tom, there's no kofar at all. Says the Gemara, no, that's not a t- something that was left out. Might be like the that a tam does pay half kofar. So therefore, it was included in the line that half damages are paid for a tam. All right, so we still need to prove. Tashma, we have proof for the Mishnah. Coming up, Adam and Bezier. Hey, Shari. Shori has plenty. Somebody says, I admit my ox killed so-and-so. Oh, Shoro, Shoplani. Or he says, my ox killed so-and-so's ox. He pays from his own admission. He pays the kofar, he pays the damages. Why? Because it's mammon. My Why don't you say we're talking about a tam and we're talking about payments of half, of half, half payments. So what do we see? We're talking about um, tam and we're saying it's mammon. That's why mammon is potter. Says the Gemara, Love, muad. The Mishnah is talking about a muad. So therefore, you're talking about full damages. Of course, that's mammon. That doesn't help us. Says the Gemara, what are you going to say in the case of Tamayim? You wouldn't pay Iyachi. That's what's going on. And the Mishnah was just only discussing muad. What does the last part of the Mishnah say? It says, Someone who said, I asked killed and so-and-so slave, you don't pay on your own admission. Why? Because killing so-and-so slave, you pay 30 silver coins. That's a fine. So that's Mutavikna's Pata. So why did it have to run and say, but if someone admits to killing someone else's slave, your potter, why don't we make a sharper distinction? When is it true that if you admit the damages, you're chayv? Only if the ox was a muad, where the payment is is mammon. But if it would be tam, he doesn't pay on the basis of own admission because chetzi damages are a kenas. Why, did, why didn't it make a sharper distinction? It says the Gemara, the Mishnah just happened to be speaking about muad, meaning you think it's a sharper distinction that way, maybe it's a sharper distinction the other way. We often, to all be talking about muad, and we make the distinction between kofar, which is mammon, and shloshim uh, shal which is kenas. Okay, so we're still looking for a rule. Says the Gemara Tashma, this is the big rule, right? What is, defines mammon and what defines kenas? This is how you can tell. If you're paying more than what the damage was worth, in the you don't pay on your own admission. What's a good example of that? A god of steals, he pays back double. So he's paying more than the, than the value of what, what, what he inflicted. That's called knas. That must be a penalty. So we see that the definition of a penalty is something beyond what happened. So my love of Mishalim, it sounds like if it would be less than what you inflicted, like in our case, so you pay half damages, that's moment. We said that knas is when you pay more. But it sounds like if you're paying less, that's not knas, that's mammon. Says the Gemara, lo, the inference should be if you're paying commensurate to the damage, is equal to the damage, like regular nezik shalit, that's mammon. But whenever you're paying not equal, either above or below, that's knas. Says the Gemara, if you're paying less than you damage, what will Allah You wouldn't pay. Instead of the Mishnah saying this is the rule, whoever pays more than what he damaged doesn't pay on the basis of his own admission. Instead of saying it that way, listen to that. Let it say this is the rule. Whoever does not pay as much as he as he, as he damaged shouldn't pay on the basis of his own admission. That would have had the connotation of both less and more. Meaning, we're coming out that the according to the that the slated kanas is whatever is not equal to the inflicted damage. So why would the price have painted that when you're paying more, it's kanas? It should illustrate it whenever you're not paying, like what you damage. Says the Gemara, this in fact refutes the opinion that chetzi nezek is a kanas.
totally refuted. We come out chetzi nezek is a mammon. Actually, chetzi nezek is a penalty. Says Marty, you have to have Hilchaza. You reject it and then you pass him like it. What does that make sense? In time of Majah, what was the whole reason that you wanted to reject the mission of the Lokanik Because the language didn't say whoever doesn't pay like he damaged is, 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 um, is, is, is The fact that it didn't say it that way, no, the Tana couldn't say it that way because it's not a good absolute rule. Think about it. There's going to be an exception. Remember, Tzoros, our friend Tzoros is regal. It's a form of regal. When instead of an animal doing uh, damage, though, with his body bumping into something, he does damage because his, his feet kick pebbles as he's walking, and, and the pebbles go out through his force and inflict damage. So, so Tzoros, even though it's a form of regal, the Allah HaMosh Misinai says that you pay chatzinaz. But it's really a form of reg. So keep the chatzinaz. So it's like a mirror de mamono. That's part of the Allah but it's certainly mamon, right? It's a total of rega. Certainly you really should be paying more. It's not a, a penalty. Therefore the Tana couldn't say, it couldn't make a rule that any time it's less. It's, ma, it, it's knas, or because it's not equal to the damage. So we're going to have an exception to that. So therefore it chose it to say in an absolute way, anytime you're paying more from the damages, that is knas. Says the Gemara. Okay, so what are we coming out? That actually chatzin nezek could be knas. So the more pashtam about nezek knas, haikal b'dach imri. Now we get it. Say this to keklal and babakama. If a dog kills and eats a sheep, v'shuno dachatarikol, or a cat kills and eats a chicken, so that's very bizarre activity. Very bizarre activity. So now that we said that Palganiska is Kanasaha, that bizarre activity, Mishunahu, since it's unusual damage, so therefore you would only pay half damage. You're not going to let collect it in bubble. So what's going on here? Let's try it on. There's two things that are being mixed. Thing number one is that they we're learning a big Chiddush. What's the Karen? Karen is, usually you think about two qualities. It's trying to inflict damage. That's its intent. I want to damage. And number two is, it's weird. What defines Shane? I'm going for my pleasure, and it's normal. What if I have a situation where an animal is going for its pleasure in an unusual way, right? A cat, it kills and eats a chicken. So it's going for its pleasure. It's not Kavan al but it's very unusual. Well, what is that? Is that Karen or is that Shane? Very hard question. And what's interesting about that question is that we haven't defined it yet in Baba Kama. We've, we've made it very polarized. Karen normally is Kavan al and unusual. Shane is normally normal and Kavan for, for its pleasure. Here it's intending for its pleasure, but it's doing an unusual activity. So which one is it? So the Gemara seems to be saying it's Karen, which is fascinating. And then the Gemara is making a second thing, which is it's not collected in Babel. In Babel, the courts didn't have the whole smicha over here. So they can't collect kanasos. Monetary things they could collect in Babel. Kanasos, they need a regular court in Arts, so you can't collect it. So the question is, what does this have to do with our discussion? Now that you said half nezek is kanas, says the Gemara, this halacha. I mean, yeah, that just comes out, right? That just comes out from any scenario that is chatzinazik. The chiddush of the gemara, like gemara, what is the gemara saying? So somebody's trying to explain. This is hard. That it's only true that that the, it pays chatzinazik like the mother paganiska kanasa. According to the mother paganiska mamona, what did he explain? That an activity of let's say goring or biting is not so unusual. Yeah, it doesn't happen so much statistically, but an ox is not considered guarded against it. So that's the payment of chatzinazik. The other opinion says, no, it's a total anomaly and you just still pay. So if you think about it, there's also a dispute about how to define Karen. According to Madame Kanasa, Karen is defined even by the weirdest, most bizarre activities that an animal is guarded against. According to Madame mom, no, it's not like that. It might not happen so much, but Karen's also, Karen is defined more by the intent for damage. What's a big nafkamina? It's another nafkamina. When an animal does something not intent to damage, but it was absolutely bizarre. Is that Karen? Yeah, says the definition of Karen is weird. The definition of Karen is Kavan So that's what the Gemara is saying. Now that you said, an animal who, who eats something in a very weird way, 
is kanas, and therefore, um, it, it, and it would still pay its half damages. It's weird, but you can't collect it above because it's a kanas. It's only because it went for a large one, a big chicken. If it was a small one, then it might be the cat's uh, normal way, and therefore a chain, and then you could collect it in Babel. Says the Gemara, even though we don't do knossos in Babel, if the Nizik sees property from the owner of the dog or the cat, we don't take it away from him. If they said to the court, send me a date in Eretz Yisrael that I could have a court case with them, you're not going to judge it for me here, but let's judge it there. Then in Baba, we set him a date. Below Azal, and if the damage does not go, we, put, we excommunicate him. Either way, whether he has to go to Eretz or not, there's always a cherem that's put on the owner of the dog or the cat until he gets rid of the, of the, of the threat. Why? You should get rid of the bad animal. So how do we know the person shouldn't raise a vicious dog in his house? So you shouldn't have a ladder which is dangerous around his house. It's a lav in the Torah not to place blood in your house. Don't keep dangerous things around. All right. So there are five things considered tam and five things that are considered muad. So there are five ways we're saying if an animal does damage, it's time the first three times. There's also five ways of doing damage was considered, which is considered muad. We have to try to get to understand what the five muadim are. We'll try to get to that, but we start with the tamen. Uh, this a domestic animal is not muad. Lo ligach, not to gore. Lo ligov, not to push. Lo lishov, not to bite. Lo libos, not to squat on something. Lo livot, and not to kick. That's considered tam. You only pay half. Says the Mishnah. Now we talk about Muadim. Shmuel's going to learn up shot that this are this is now the five that are Muad. Hashain with the tooth, Muad Lachal Zarayla. It's Muad to eat what's normal for it to eat. Haregel with the foot, Muad Lachal Zarayla. It's Muad to break things that's normal to break while it's walking. Mishara Muad, the Muad ox, that means after it's done carrying three times, it becomes normal for it. Mishara Mazi, which is a Nizak, an ox that damages on the premises of the damaged party. So why is this different over here? So, so we're seeing seems to be saying that this that you pay you pay full damages even if it was a tom. We're going to say we're going like Rav Remember we met, mentioned Rav Tafrin's opinion yesterday that the halach like Karen pays chatzinas is only in the street, but but Karen versus Anizak pays full damages. Pashas that's what the mission would mean here. The adam and a person who does damage which is always warned. Okay, very good. We have to understand it's interesting. We don't list bar and ash. You have to know why. All right. What about wild animals? Has the ev like a wolf, a real lion, a dove, the bear. Namar, a leopard, a bardless. We'll talk about what the bardless is. The Mishnah will identify, the Gemara will identify that. Anachash and the snake, are really muadim. These are always considered muad. What we're trying to say is that even from things that like a domestic animal is a tom for, like biting or goring, here we say no. Even if it happens right away, it's like a muad from birth. It's normal for it to do it. Blaz Romer, no. It's when they're domesticated in muad, they're not muad. He has a concept of raising a wild, you know, a lion. You could raise a domestic lion where it's not prone to damage necessarily. A snake is always muad. A snake cannot become domesticated. It's always muad. So the Gemara first analyzes. You said that the shame is normal for it to eat. And clearly we're dealing with where did the damage occur in the Chatzar Nizak. Because remember, shame Varegal, as we discussed yesterday, don't pay in the street. So from the fact that it said a shame is muad to eat and he's paying. So we're dealing with in the, in the guard of the damaged party. It said in the opening part of the Mishnah that the animal is not considered a muad to pay everything. But you pay half. So presumably we were also talking about damage that occurred in the Chatzar Nizak. Meaning, the beginning of the Mishnah ends in the Mishnah. Pasha was talking about that the damage occurred in the same place. So Mani that means we're going like the Rabbanan. That Karen in Rishas and Isaac only pays half. But the name of Sefer, what was the end of the Mishnah? Shara Muad. We're going through the five Muad, and it says that the Muad ox 
or an ox that damages on the premises of the damaged party, but Adam or a person. So what was the middle one? A shar ma'azik that damages on the premises of the damaged party. Right? Well, clearly that means, has to mean, Karen versus an Isaac. And it's saying, you pain Isaac shalim. Asan the Rabtarfon. That you Karen pays full. Again, the Yisraeli, the Machlux, Rabtarfon, and the Rabbanon, is where does Tom pay half? Everyone agrees in the street, you pay half. What about in the Chatzar and Isaac? Tafran makes a kalachomer. Shane for regular potter in the street. You're chayv nezik shalim in the shasanizuk. So Karen, which is chayv more in the street, half in the street, you shouldn't be chayv. You should certainly be chayv nezik shalim in the shasanizuk. Rabbanon say you can't make such a kalachomer. We'll learn about that dispute. But the Mishnah seems to be a seer minayubei. So the Gemara says in Tamal Shmuel Rav Yudah. We quoted this yesterday. Shinenah shvok ma'asisin v'sarasray. Leave the Mishnah alone. Come after me. Meaning to say, you got to take a forced explanation here. Reish Rabbanon v'sey for Tafran. The only way I to understand this is to say. Is to say that the ratio um, that the ratio was like the rabbanon and the seifa the seifa here was following was following Rav So that's a hard thing, but that's the only way we're able to learn the mishnah. We'll come back more tomorrow and see more solutions.